What's good, everybody? This is X. I'm reading from my book, We Exist. Might as well just get to it instead of um, doing any type of intro because I did that a couple of times and it didn't really go anywhere because it just sounded way too depressing because we're at a part of the book that is where I'm at my most vulnerable and for some reason worry about what people will judge me on, which I really shouldn't. Um, but it just it adds to like a... A lot of complexities to it, I guess, or there's there's a lot of complexities to it that I don't really feel like getting into. It's just I wrote it because I feel like it's fair for people to know who I am, but I don't really like sharing that information because I feel like people can use it against me, and it's just shit that I'm still working on. But anyways, so this is part three of Imagine and this is about the author the closer one gets to realizing his destiny the more that destiny becomes his true reason for being paulo coelho the alchemist my goal isn't to write one of those standard run-of-the-mill about the author pages you see you know the ones we've read a hundred times before the ones filled with the dry and boring stuff like michael stevens was born in Burnaby, B.C., but spent most of his time growing up in both Fort St. John and Maple Ridge, all before settling down somewhere in the lower mainland of Vancouver. All cities, of course, residing in the lovely province, as I said before, of British Columbia, Canada. Boring, right? And while we can argue till we're blue in the face, whether actions speak louder than words when it comes down to it, we all know it's how people think that truly shapes who they are. This is why I'd rather show you how I think rather than tell you the details about my physical life, which aren't technically meaningless, just less important in the grand scheme of things. If you think about it, at least for the most part, you read this book to learn my present or my perspective on existence. So why not learn about the mind that produced those thoughts as well? For the record, I am not the name given to me at birth. And while it may say Michael middle name Stevens on my birth certificate, it is not who I actually am. Sure, it gives me an identity, but it also folds me into a box, one that allows the Corporation of Canada to claim ownership over my physical body. This, of course, is true for all of us. However, the corporation changes depending on the country you inhabit. The good news is, at least in my case, is that when it comes to my existence, I have come to the conclusion that I am not just the flesh and blood spacesuit that currently types this bio, I am also its operator, the decision maker, the ghost in the machine. Want to know a secret? So are you. Maybe you just don't remember. Perhaps this is also why I lack the desire to exist in the physical plane, simply because I no longer feel attached to my human body, or at least rarely attached to it. And while this may seem difficult for some to understand, accept, or believe, for the most part, it is because the majority of my thoughts occur far beyond the current spectrum of our physical reality, off in the darkness where our true history is hidden. Um, unfortunately, because of this, I also find it difficult to connect with the majority of people on this beautiful planet, save a few. Of course, Perhaps this is due to karma, or perhaps it is due to destiny. One second.
And while we're on the topic of destiny, two modes of thought immediately pop into my mind. The first is that, on a completely human level, I don't actually have a choice when it comes to determining my purpose on this planet. However, when thinking about it, or thinking beyond the physical plane, it's also possible that I, along with whatever entities were involved in my creation, were also in complete control during the mapping out stage of my entire human life, or my life as a human. And if that's the case, then perhaps it's also... It also means that we, you and I, were destined to connect through this book with me as the writer and you, whenever you got around to it, as the reader. Which sounds pretty amazing to me. Of course, because I deal in the realm of all being possible, a third mode of thought lingers above us. One that begs the question of who is actually in control of our lives. Us, or perhaps something much bigger. A shift in frequencies. For the most part, it no longer seems like anything I write, think, or feel, etc. is my choice alone. In general, I feel like I am being guided, either by a grand designer, godlike ETs, or my spirit self, the one on the other end of the spark. To explore concepts beyond, or, fuck, okay, I'm going to read that again, etc. is my choice alone. In general, I feel like I'm being guided, either by my by grand designers, godlike ETs, or my spirit self, the one on the other side of the spark, to explore concepts beyond what most people deem acceptable. Unfortunately, this is no simple task. And while it's been easy for me to accept and embrace this calling, almost as if it's been predestined, the side effects haven't always been easy for me to deal with. For instance, the uploading and downloading of information has made it almost impossible for me to stay grounded or anchored to this planet. This is because the majority of information I receive and record is found on the metaphysical plane, which is on a completely different frequency or wavelength than that of the physical plane, the one in which we believe our reality exists in. Or at least the one we in which we believe is our reality. Unfortunately, this also comes with its own set of side effects. Blue light shakes aside, the shifts from darkness to back to light, from thought back to um, emotional, the emotional physical plane, weighs heavily on my mental state. And while most people are quick to diagnose me with some form of depression, mainly because my subject matter is often riddled with negativity, their diagnosis can be further from the truth. And while it may sound like an excuse, this diagnosis happens, at least for the most part, because those pointing their fingers are usually unwilling to listen to or perhaps accept my side of the story. That the reason I am negative has more to do with the shifting of frequencies rather than a general state of sadness. And while it's true that I am extremely disappointed with the human race, at least in a general sense, considering that we act more like parasites than uh, symbiotic organisms peacefully living with their host, my negativity often derives from the switch of frequencies that happens when leaving the mental plane and returning back to the physical, the shift from darkness back to light. Of course, this, of course, is the result of what happens when 
a thought is manifested into reality. You see, until a thought is manifested into reality, it holds no emotional charge whatsoever. Because of this, it is safe to exp um, because of this, it is safe to explore most, if not all, thoughts as long as they are on the mental plane, meaning they are free of any negative or positive charges. Our emotions. However, the moment a thought is brought to light, i.e., written down or talked about, or beyond, the charge turns on, and those bringing said information through are unfortunately affected sometimes greatly. In my opinion, one second. In my opinion, and from my experience, it takes a special kind of being to accept and honor this line of work. This is because, generally speaking, those that receive this type of information are asked to sacrifice their overall sanity for the good of mankind, especially when it comes to releasing it to the public. This is because the recording and releasing of this type of information usually leads to public scrutiny simply because it stretches beyond the limits or beliefs of what most people deem acceptable. However, to make matters worse, the act of revealing this to the world feels like I am finally coming out of the closet. However, instead of being gay, I am revealing to the public that I have a special connection to the universe, one that is possibly different than any other being on this planet. And while it may come across as bragging, it is definitely not my intention. For the most part, the reason I have yet to tell the public about this ability is more out of fear than out of huma uh, humility. Partly because I am afraid of being labeled as crazy and partly because I am afraid of being alone, i.e. not having a real support system around me. And while I currently have some amazing supporters in my life, because of the type of information I deal with on a daily basis, I never know how long they will stick around for. And while I do love the concept of isolation, the idea of being alone on this planet, the one filled with over 7 billion people, absolutely terrifies me. This, in a nutshell, is the real reason it's taken so long for me to release this information to the public, considering the last thing I want to do is lose friends and alienate people. A connection beyond compare. Of course, it's not all bad news. There's a good side to all of this, for the most part. The act of taking in information without judgment is, um, and discernment is one of the most freeing experiences I've ever encountered. Furthermore, of the entire process, my favorite part is that I get to use my imagination to explore the mental plane, something most people rarely get to do these days. And while I'd love to describe how amazing it feels when I'm connected, I know I will only fall short as it is almost impossible to describe this amazing feeling with, an, with actual words. And while I can't technically describe the feeling side of the connection, I am hoping to describe the process side, at least when it comes to connecting to the world beyond in a later volume. However, uh, hopefully then, 
with a little practice, you too will be able to connect to the same amazing feeling. And while it may be a thought-expanding experience, a quick word of advice before moving forward. If you are successful at gaining the same connection to the universe as I am, please take care of your mental state, as it is easy to get lost in the world beyond and never fully return. Therefore, if you can manage it, please keep at least one toe on the ground at all times. This, thankfully, will give you the minimum amount of anchoring needed to swim in the waters of the mental plane. And while it would be amazing if everyone had the same connection, not just to the universe, but to each other, the simple fact is that we don't. However, we aren't that far off, for the most part. All it takes is one person to learn the technique and pass it on to others. From there, as long as the technique is passed down properly, i.e. through masters, the process continues until each and every one of us has the ability to connect to the beyond, as well as each other. This process is then amplified when considering the role that epigenetics and morphic resonance, i.e., traits transferred from parent to child um, through DNA plays on the development of a child. For the most part, if we can pass down traits to our children, we should at some point be able to pass down this technique as well. And if that is, in, if that is possible, it would then allow our, chi our children to come out of the womb naturally, ready to connect to the universe at least in the same way I do. Eventually, however, this, uh, with enough time passing, this technique would simply become second nature to us with the children of the future never knowing it wasn't av always available, at least not to the masses. A philosophy for the brave. For the most part, however, the above is a small snippet of my overall philosophy on existence. Of course, this philosophy involves more than the simple task of passing down new traits to our children. It involves something most people have a difficult time accepting, the belief that all is possible. And while I'd love for everyone to drop their current philosophies and adopt mine, I also understand their hesitation. For the most part, it's scary for us to adopt something new and unconventional, especially if it forces us out of our comfort zone. Therefore, instead of being open-minded about something or something possible, possibly life-changing, we default into a fear-based fear mentality of allowing resistance to run our lives. And while there is no fear, or there is no easy way to battle our fears including that of resistance, embracing this philosophy has definitely made it easier for me to view our existence from multiple perspectives, even if they are contradictory points of view. Oh, this chapter is long.
navigating the unknown. So I'm going to go a couple more and then, or a couple more sections and then I'm going to do part two the next time. Of course, I didn't always think this way. As stated in the preface, I too had my fair share of beliefs. I've been Catholic and Mormon. I've dabbled with the Baptist and the New Age movement, as well as a small amount of Buddhism, at least privately, all before winding down with a little atheism and agnosticism. Unfortunately, that's where my spiritual studies end, as I've yet to truly follow any other religions, including that of Judaism or Islam or anything offered in the East, save Buddhism. And while I may not know a lot about those religions per se, I know they play a key role in our, our evolution. In fact, everything around us plays a role in our, our evolution, which is why I've adopted this philosophy, the one about all being possible. If you think about it, if everything is plays a role in our evolution, then so do our thoughts, which of course are limitless. Therefore, as long as we still have our thoughts, i.e. our creativity, the possibilities of what we can accomplish are endless. Of course, in order to fully adopt this philosophy, one also needs to embrace an exploratory imagination, which for the most part is eradicated from us during our developing years, usually by our education system. And while this may come across as judgmental, I find that most people, including those in creative positions, lack the exploratory imaginations necessary to navigate the world beyond. This, of course, is different than today's traditional imaginations, as exploratory imaginations have the ability to travel within all types of thoughts, including those of the beyond. And while some may argue that our imaginations are just fine the way they are, the unfortunate truth is that our imaginations have been under attack since the time, since the first time we, as a civilization, thought about existence. And while most conspiracy theorists believe secret societies are behind this kind of attack, there's definitely more going on behind the scenes. You see, while a collection of beings may reign supreme on the surface of our planet, there is a much larger entity pulling the strings. This entity, ladies and gentlemen, is what I like to call the ego. And just to put a footnote in here, this has changed for me. I will explain it a little bit later on, or at least that. But remember that this, a lot of this was written in 1995 when I was having an awakening and I didn't have all of the pieces. I just had the pieces that I could work with. So to me, ego is more so our, our operating system, which stands for emotional guidance operating system. And we get it from the planet because we are the planet. We're not any different than the planet. We're just different aspects of the planet, just like follicles of hair, fingers, kidneys, whatever it is, as part of a body, you know, like they're, 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 they're themselves, but they're also the planet, like the, the body, and the body is part of the planet, and our consciousness comes up from the planet, it comes from the root, and we get data from, you know, other things, but we put it together with consciousness, right? Consciousness isn't just thought, consciousness is our ability to process, to be, to exist, and we exist as the planet because we are the planet. We just think we're 100% separate from it, 
But what we fail to realize is we are as much the planet as a dog is the planet, as a bed is the planet, as um, this phone that I have in my hand is the planet. It's all part of the planet because it's all planet. It's all one in that sense. It's just we've created these boundaries of separation for us to be able to operate and use them, right, and, and feel purposeful. Right? To exist, we must feel like we need have a purpose. When we stop having a purpose, which I'll get into at some point, um, is, is when we get into danger. So, um, I'll continue, but my POV on the ego has changed. And I'll get into that at some point. Um, and while we, as a civilization, have the ability to gain control of our lives back from the ego, it, I'm back to reading, by the way. It will only happen after we embrace the concept of having, using exploratory imaginations to fulfill our destinies and purposes, both on the planet, on this planet, and the great beyond. And while, on the topic of destinies and purposes, perhaps it's time for me to discuss my current purpose on this planet and what I know about it so far. Not your average purpose. Cutting right to it. My purpose on my current purpose on this planet is to observe my surroundings, i.e., people, places, things, etc., including myself, then upload my findings automatically and in real time to either the grand designer above or to those beyond the small speck of light at the center of the universe. Sometimes both. Furthermore, these observations, at least for the most part, usually involve but are not limited to my thoughts, emotions, and memories, as well as anything that includes the five senses. This, of course, is but a small fraction of what I actually upload on a daily basis. And while we are all technically observers, as well as as, as we all gather and upload data to the, the above and the beyond, because this is my current purpose on the planet, I have also been blessed with a few special abilities, ones that allow me to experience the greatness of existence unlike anything I've experienced before. This includes the ability to download information from the, the above and the beyond, which I can then share with the public either in the form of books, articles, videos, and or audio recordings. However, before discussing my ability to download information, I'd like to address an aspect of my observational technique that often separates me from most people, and that's the ability to take unrelated concepts, thoughts, and ideas, and find the connections hidden within. One second. I just want to see how long this is run for. Oh, wow. So that's not fun when you find that out, but that's okay, because I think I have it saved. Um, I saved over my track for Imagine. And it's almost coming to an end. Wow. Um, that is such a great way to just end this episode. I'm not mad. I can read it again, but... You know what, stick with me here, because I'm going to just make sure 100% that I have that recording.
I'm not going to be completely crushed or whatever because it's just, you know, this is what it is. But let's just see. Haha, I got it. It's all to the good. So, um, a couple lessons learned here. One, um, well, it's not a couple lessons. One lesson learned here is to pay more attention to the audio stuff. Two, I'm extremely grateful that I exported this last time. Three, I think I'm getting better at reading out loud, which is really nice to, um, to actually feel. I don't really let myself feel all that much. I'm terrified to because of reasons that I'll get into later. I don't need to discuss them right now. But um, it feels good to at least get to this part. And I'll get into the next part um, at another point. I'm going to take off these glasses and just kind of take a moment to reflect on everything that's going on. I mean, I feel super calm, but I also have this, I don't know how to explain it, but I have this feeling in my gut that just doesn't, um, whenever I get nervous or scared or afraid of connecting with people, like I'm terrified to connect with people again after what, I've gone through this last two years. And I I want to. I want to connect with people. I'm just afraid to connect with people. So I don't know what to make of that. It's just something that I need to get over to get past, I know. Um, and I'm working on it. I'm working on being better at opening up of not masking things. I used to be able to um, push out so far. I, I don't know how to best describe it better than this. To push out so far that um, like push push out my emotional center so far that I didn't it's not like I was lying on purpose. I just, I wanted, I didn't feel like being able to compliment people properly. So I would create a barrier where I could feel good about being able to compliment them. And that, that barrier, that barricade, that whatever it is, that wall, all of it, is gone and now I don't really know how to compliment people without it feeling completely 100% awkward if you know what I mean ain't that fucked so that's what I'm dealing with and you know what it's okay and I'm realizing that it's okay to have down days it's okay to be low it's okay to be this and that it's okay. It's all okay. 
and that I'm working towards being just a better me. And I don't really ever want to... I don't like talking about this stuff because I just... One, I don't think anybody really cares. And two, it's not my place to put it on them if they care or not. But three... Um, I just don't like talking about it. I hate feeling like I'm fucked up. I don't like the shame that I feel right now. Because I feel like I've let so many people down. I had so many dreams and goals and I didn't fulfill them. And I just feel like I've let them down and I just want to move on. I just don't want to care anymore. I just want to feel good. So, anyways, next uh, next time we're going to get into a section called A New World on the Horizon. And I don't think I'm halfway through. Because it still feels like there's a lot. But I'm going to read through it and I'll read through the acknowledgments tomorrow. Or the next time, I guess. And then we can get into We Exist. And you know what? That's going to be great. I can't wait. Right? Because I've already read some of We Exist and it'll be uh, so much better just to reread it, knowing that I'm at least feeling better about reading out loud. So if anything, this shows that practice does work. That practice is a good thing. It makes us feel more comfortable. So maybe I can start feeling more comfortable about being myself and putting myself back out there. Because honestly, man, I, or people, or whoever's listening to this, I feel like I really fucked up. And I feel like I've lost a lot. And I'm just slowly getting back to a spot where I feel good about my life. And I'm terrified and I'm scared and I don't really know what to do and I don't know what it's going to be like moving forward. I just know that no matter what, I'm moving forward anyway, so I might as well go. And it also means that I'm probably going to be saying goodbye to a lot of people. And that's okay because there's more people to meet. And the world's a big fucking place. And a lot of people have probably already forgotten about me anyways. So, yeah. So I'm going to try and fix this. I think I figured out a way. But that's about it. I wish you all the best. Peace, love, and happiness. And I'm out.